When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? Welcome back. Happy Monday to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman. Of the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network, thank you for taking a part of your Monday and spending it with me, getting your Pittsburgh Steelers black and gold fix early in the morning. Again, I hope you had a great weekend. I am really excited for you to have this podcast here for you today. Um, Monday morning conversation, as always, I try my best to do whatever I can to get you the best unique voices from outside the Steel Curtain Network realm a lot of times, and I went outside the Steel Curtain realm again this Monday, and I wanted to get a guest that I had on last year about the same time, and I'm going to be honest, and I think he'll be honest, is that he had some question marks about Kenny Pickett. He was not in on the hype train. He also covered Kenny Pickett when he was at Pitt. So he brings a really unique aspect to this show. This is not, you know, uh, just some regular fan that is really in and high on Kenny Pickett. This is someone that has been critical of him from time to time. I'm talking about Alan Saunders of Steelers now. He is going to be on the show for the Monday Morning Conversation. Really excited for this. I have a lot of really good questions. A lot about hype. Not just around Kenny Pickett, around everything from the rookie class. Some second-year players, Matt Canada. That's right. Of course, there's going to be Matt Canada talk. Are you kidding me? All right. Hey, enough of, enough of me. Now it's time to get into the Monday morning conversation. I'm going to have Alan Saunders on right after this break. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's Monday, it's the Let's Ride podcast, it is time for the Monday Morning Conversation, have a repeat guest, came onto the show last year, it was about the same time I believe, because we were talking some Kenny Pickett uh, after his rookie minicamp and all of that good stuff, this is an award winning podcast guest according to his Twitter bio, that's Alan Saunders, Alan what's going on? I'm good, um, um, yeah, let's, <laughs> hey, it's, it's a slow time of year for me, and so yes, I am an award-winning podcast guest though, uh, one one-time award winner, 
but that's enough. You only need one. You don't have to talk yeah. about it over and over again. That's You're it. a phenomenal guest. That's yeah. why I ask you to come back. So yeah, I would I would definitely say that that would bring true. Uh, welcome back, and uh, thank you for taking the time. The the one thing that I when I thought of like okay, I want to have Alan back on. I was trying to time it correctly. I wanted it during this lull, and that's because there's a couple reasons. Last year. You came on the show when everyone was all about Kenny Pickett, and you kind of were saying, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You talked about arm strength, comparing to Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. And then even during the season, unfortunately, maybe one of one or two of my tweets got you roped into this crazy Twitter argument, disagreement. You know how those happen. And you were kind of, again, not, not underselling Kenny Pickett, but at least telling fans, like, let's not anoint this guy just yet. So my first question for you is obviously going to be about Kenny Pickett. So you had a lot of questions about Pickett last season in terms of arm strength, the ability to, to read defenses, and you covered him in pit, so you would obviously have a good grasp of this. After last season, seeing what you did in the second half, all the way since halftime at week four against the New York Jets, has anything changed for you as it pertains to Kenny Pickett? I think some things have. Um, I think his ability to... I mean, I think some of those throws that we saw um, at the end of the year, but and are but not, I wouldn't really consider them deep passes. But if you think about like uh, the pass to Steven Sims against the Ravens, yeah. uh, the pass to Connor Hayward against the Browns, right? The touchdown pass to George Pickens against the Ravens. Like, what are those like fifteen yard passes? Most of mm-hmm. them. Like, so we're not talking about like deep ball passing. Like, I still have questions about. Like, I just don't think he's gonna be. Jeff George, right? Where he like he's just gonna be able to like dial up these like way down the field plays all the time. But man, those were those were high level throws. Like I'm not sure we've seen it like consistently, but like those are throws where you're like, okay, well if you can make that one, like I'm, you know, I I don't I don't think I have as I, I think what I've seen is that like maybe he just doesn't have the pure strongest arm in terms of like how far he can get the ball down the field. And there are some of those passes where you see, like, uh, the one where, like, Chase Claypool fell down and he got intercepted against the Miami Dolphins, right? Like, that was kind of a rainbow, right? Like, that was yeah. that wasn't a very pretty-looking pass. But if he can have really good velocity and ball placement at the same time on 20 yards and shorter, I don't really know how big of a deal that is. I, I don't really think that's a deal-breaker for me. You know, when I think when people think of arm strength being an issue, they think of, like, Chad Pennington can't throw to the far sideline, right? Like, I don't see those problems from Kenny Pickett. It's short and intermediate. He gets the ball there in a hurry. In fact, I thought this spring it looked even better than it did for most of last year. It looked stronger uh, in those areas. Like, you know, be sitting in practice. I'm like, well, that one had some zip on it. Um and so I think maybe I still have some questions about his ability to just be like his pure deep passing ability, but especially given the Steelers offense, I'm not really sure how big of an issue that's going to be in terms of things like reading defenses. I was always confident in his ability to do it. Eventually. I just, you know, it is a process for even really, really talented, really smart, really hardworking young quarterbacks. I'm, you know, we definitely saw well the Jets game, for example, one right right off the the bat, we saw some struggles with that in that regard. I think he definitely improved throughout his first season, and I think it's it's reasonable to expect continued improvement. I don't really think we have a good grasp of exactly where Kenny Pickett's ceiling is, but I think we have a pretty good handle on where his floor is, and it's 
It's not very, you know, it's not bad. I, th- I think he's in a pretty good place entering the season. Go back to when he was drafted. If I were to ask you, what is his floor? Would you say that now, after what you just said, his floor is higher than what you thought coming out of Pitt? Hmm. Yeah, I think maybe a little. It, it's certainly okay. because of what I've seen from from his arm strength uh, on those those short and intermediates that maybe I just didn't come out when he was at Pitt or for, for whatever reason. He's also just older and stronger. I think that's part of it too. Um, but I, I think, I think yes to that. I mean, it's hard to imagine, like, it's hard for me to envision him right now being worse this year than he was last year. And I think last year was a pretty, was a slightly above my expectations rookie year. So I I think, I think, yes. Well, you think about the way that end the last season ended. I, I could, I gotta be honest. I'm a 40 year old man. I grew up watching the Steelers. I can't remember maybe outside of Ben Roethlisberger after his rookie season, rattling off all those wins, getting into an AFC championship game. I can't, the hype train is out of control with Kenny Pickett right now. I mean, it is insane. Do you think that it's even possible for him to live up to that hype in year two? Like that's going to be a very daunting task. I don't think he thinks about it, but in terms of what the fans expect, like that's going to be difficult, right? Well, you know, it's very funny because I think the fans' expectations are actually a lot more realistic than some national media expectations. <laughs> I keep seeing people say, oh, the Steelers are like eight, eight or nine wins. I'm like, there's no way. There's just no way. Like, to me, I think I think nationally he is being seriously underrated. Mm-hmm. And so I think that will – I think that is tempering some of that. You know, where it, the Steelers yeah. fans are obviously very gung-ho. But I think when you're hearing – you know, people nationally talk about this team as like a 500 below team. Odds came out this week that they have the the their 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 most likely place in the AFC North is last. I'm like, get out of here! Like that is not happening. If they get even the kind of quarterback play from Kenny Pickett they got last year, and I expect him to be better. And so, yeah, I think it's. I think right now it's 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 good because you know, yes, there's some Steelers fans that are pretty excited about Kenny Pickett and they should be. Um, but I think there's clearly a lot of people that are not believing in him also. And so I, I don't get the sense that it's this sort of like out of control hype overall, or it's just sort of, I, I think he's in a, in a pretty good place with expectations right now. That's a good way of putting it. And when you talk about the discrepancy between the national media locally and the fan base, yeah, there is quite the difference there between those two. Um, I got to ask you about Matt Canada. And overall, what your thoughts are on his offense? And we've seen it now. I mean, I, I'm not giving the guy a, a way out of this, but to me, when I when I hear the quotes, read the quotes, and I, I hear him talk about the organizational approach, it kind of makes me seem like he's kind of being told, like, "Hey, this is how we're going to do it." So you got to get it done. You add in the fact they bring in an offensive assistant. What does that mean? What are your thoughts about Matt Canada in general? And then also, is there hope for his offense in 2023? Well, I mean, I think, like, yeah, it's it was very clear that the Steelers entered the post-Ben Roethlisberger era with an organizational decision that we're going to run the football. I, I think that was obvious, from yeah. drafting Najee Harris to the choice of Matt Canada as offensive coordinator. Matt Canada's offenses have been running offenses. Um, they, they are not this dynamic passing scheme. It's, you know, most of the things that we talk about when we talk about sort of the hallmarks of Canada's offense are, you know, like the shifting and the pre-snap motions and the jet sweeps and all those things 
impact the running game a lot more than they impact the passing game, right? It doesn't really matter. I mean, other than like man zone indication on motion, like that's really all any of that does for, for passing. It's all running offense. And so, yeah, I think it's clear that the Steelers want to run the ball more than they did when they had Ben Roethlisberger's quarterback. They probably wanted to run the ball more when they had Ben Roethlisberger's quarterback, and and there might have been some tension there. Um, And so I think it was pretty clear that that was a thing that organizationally they want to do. And so I think, you know, from Matt's standpoint, it's like, well, look, this is the whole reason they hired me. This is why they brought me in. So I'm not doing myself any favors if I try to go out there and have Kenny throw the ball 50 times a game. Yeah, Like, that's that's not the job I was asked to do. Um, I do think they will throw the ball more this year than they did last year because i think the big part of it is is simply trust to not turn the ball over and that was if you want to look at statistically kenny pickett season that was probably the big negative right was those interceptions and i think he got a lot better as the season went on i think a good number of those interceptions weren't really his fault um but he will have to earn that trust to continually get put into situations where they okay he won't turn the ball over if we call this play in this situation um and you know i think that's the way it should be you know i I don't know that canada's ever gonna be able to have a dynamic nfl passing offense because he's never done it so why would i think that he could right like that's not his mo um but I think they can have a good offense with him as the offensive coordinator. What they need, though, is they need to be able to run the ball more effectively. They need some of that stuff that he's doing to impact the running game to start to work. And obviously, the you know, if you want to be generous about the, the characterization of it, the offensive line has not been very good. And it's very difficult in the NFL, no matter what you're doing schematically, to have a good running game when you don't have a good offensive line. And so I don't think that excuse exists anymore. I think the offensive line uh, with the additions of Broderick Jones and, and Isaac Samalo and um, maybe just as impactfully another tight end that can block in Darnell Washington and a really, really, really good blocking wide receiver in Allen Robinson. Uh, I think, look, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to run the ball at a much higher per carry rate than they have in the past. And they need teams to start to, lose focus on Kenny Pickett in the passing game because they're so worried about what the Steelers can do running the ball. Like they need to be more like, you know, the, the Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans, where it's like, okay, all week we're terrified of what Najee Harris might do to us. And so we may not think about all these things that Kenny Pickett could do to us. They need to get into second and shorts and third and shorts so that they can open the playbook and put, and put Kenny in position to make those some of those splashy plays with a low risk of turning the ball over. And so I, I think there's a lot there that is still to be unlocked. Um, I, I do think that, though, there is, you know, it's a very clear organizational mindset that they want to run the ball more, and that is why Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator. Well, folks, so you heard it here first. There might be hope for the offense with Matt Canada, a coordinator. Oh, my gosh, like there's going to be fans that are – spilling their coffee all over themselves when they hear that because all they've heard is that Matt Canada sucks. It's never going to work. It's only one more year and he's out of here. 
I want to hype is going to be the, the theme of today's conversation. And there's a player I'm very intrigued about. And I was even more intrigued when I read what his position coach had to say about him. And that would be Frisman Jackson and George Pickens entering year two. I mean, there's no doubt about it. George Pickens, you know, it's funny when Mike Wallace was the wide receiver that was dubbed the one trick pony uh, by Mike Tomlin when he came out of uh, Ole Miss. Everyone kind of ran with that. To me, George Pickens last year was genuinely a one-trick pony. He did not have a full route tree. What are you seeing from George Pickens early on in year two? Is there a noticeable difference? Because Frisman Jackson obviously talked about last year as a as a failure for him as a coach and for George as a player because they weren't able to kind of develop faster and develop more. What are your thoughts on Pickens in year two? I think he has the talent to do a lot more. I think part of it is the offense too. It's another area. I think the addition of Allen Robinson is going to help, you know, after that chase Claypool trade, the Steelers top three wide receivers became Pickens Johnson and Steven Sims. Steven Sims, not a guy who you're going to put on the outside. And if you do, it sort of becomes obvious what you're doing, right? It's like, Oh, here, you're trying to get Pickens a rep against a smaller corner. Right. And then you will give defenses the ability to adjust to that. I think having Allen Robinson there, though, Allen Robinson's been an outside corner in the NFL for eight years. Uh, so it's not like he can't hurt you from there and you can just ignore the outside guy if they want to move Pickens into a slot or bunch some receivers in some ways. I think they, one of the things that I've seen that I really has impressed me from Matt Canada this offense, this offseason, and I can't talk about things specifically. But just the the way, the different ways he's doing things formationally to get guys lined up in different spots, um, I think has really stood out to me. And so I think that that makes a lot of sense for a guy like George Pickens, who I think showed that if you line him up one on one on the outside, he can do as well as to be expected in those situations. But those are still going to be low percentage situations, even for a guy who's elite in that area. Like Pickens, like you're still probably don't even have like a 40% completion percentage on like 20-yard sideline balls. Like, And so I think the ability to get him a bit, a bit more of a well-rounded route tree, move him around the field a little bit, and put him into some situations where um, you know he can do some different things, I think will go a long way toward making him a, a more well-rounded wide receiver there is um there's a there's a piece of matt canada's playbook from his pit days uh where he would run a, a the uh unbalanced line both tackles yeah. on the same side of the line and pitt had a big wide receiver from Clareton named aaron matthews who was about six five like 235 just a big huge dude and they would line up aaron matthews where the left tackle should be and move the the left tackle over to the right side of the line put both tackles over there and and he would run out of the like up the seam as this big fast wide receiver like kind of hiding there among the defensive linemen and like I, to me like that is a thing that like we didn't see any of that from george pickens last year right like where was the like peekaboo here's a giant receiver in a place you didn't expect him to be and oh no like how are you going to deal with this like i i just don't think we saw any of that uh from george pickens last year so i think there's a lot more uh th- there's a lot more to be developed there for for sure well that's exciting for me to hear you say that because that tells me that he's more versatile than we thought and maybe that is by design and maybe we will see like you said going into the slot more and it's not oh who's on the outside steven sims like you actually have um, you know, 
a bona fide proven veteran, which by the way, Alan Robinson, you brought him up several times. Has he impressed you so far? Because a lot of people wrote this guy off and saying he's done, but all the reports that I've read coming out of minicamp and OTAs has been great player. Still has a lot of upside, great teammate, good leader. Is that what you're seeing as well? I don't think that we're going to see like a thousand yard season from him or anything, but I think he is a guy that can make the players around him better and just be a very versatile, experienced, dependable kind of player. He is exactly the kind of guy that I think Kenny Pickett needs on third and five. You know, I I think that was something that they were missing a little bit last year, especially after the Claypool trade where someone that can go into tough areas of the field where there's safeties and linebackers around and make it catch and and, get three more yards to get to the sticks. You know, I I think that – so I don't think that he is going to be a guy that puts up dominant statistics, but I think he will have an outsized impact on the team because his ability in situational play – and his versatility allowing them to do different things with not just George Pickens, but in the running game with Deontay Johnson. Uh, and he, I don't think he's a guy that is going to demand a full workload. And so I expect the Steelers to play a lot more two tight ends this year. And so I think that's something that is just going to come very naturally where you have an older guy who is not like, hey, I need to be on the field 90% of the time. Like it doesn't, it's not going to hurt anybody's ego if he goes and sits and they want to bring Darnell Washington out to go uh brutalize some linebackers in in the run game (laughs) that's great he's fine with that and so i really think he's going to be an important piece for them maybe not like statistically um you know so as much as just sort of schematically personality wise and 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 team fit would you say that if you're going to compare him to like a past player and experience it would you say almost like a Jericho Cotri when he came to Pittsburgh and had a resurgence I believe he had 10 touchdowns was really a good red zone short like you said third down didn't didn't require a lot of targets but he made plays is that kind of paralleled with what you're talking about with yeah, Alan like, Robinson yeah and I think I think you're I think you should expect to get that kind of outcome but also you know probably a guy with a with more talent like just be you know like yeah. instead of t- instead of giving Jericho Cotchery his his best years of his career in that role, I think you're you're gonna have a guy who is gonna be able to do that and maybe could even do more, you know, like but but will take that role. And so, you know, the, the one thing the Steelers offense last year, uh historically healthy. I think having mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, like if you have an injury to George or, or Deontay, I think you know, he is a legitimate option to replace those one of those guys as an outside receiver and the whole offense doesn't fall apart as a result of it. Uh, I'm not sure they really had that last year. And so I just think a, a, a guy that could do um, kind of remember, I mean, g- going back uh, a number of years here, but maybe more like a guy like Terrence Mathis, I think who mm-hmm. he was like a really good receiver for Atlanta was maybe like towards the end of his career when he came to the Steelers, but still had a big impact on the team and allowed them to do a lot of different things schematically still a very important third down guy um but but yeah i mean that that's the kind of role i envision for him and i think he's going to be like i said I, i'm not drafting my fantasy team but i think he's going to be important for the steelers <laughs> good lord that's a name from the vault terrence mathis like how many podcasters are bringing up that that's why he's an award-winning that's podcast right. guest folks right. that's right now speaking of hype my gosh this rookie class is out of this world. I mean, there's people saying 1974 and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Homer. I'm an optimist. Even I'm like, can we please just stop with that? That's insane. Like you're talking about one of the greatest draft classes of all time. This draft class, I think it was, boy, did the, the board fall for the Steelers 
they, they were they got lucky. Let's be honest. They got lucky on more than one occasion. But this class has a ton of hype to it. Uh, out of the, the group that is expected to contribute right away, you know, you're talking about Joey Porter Jr., Broderick Jones. Everyone's kind of like, well, maybe not right away. We'll see. Uh, you talk about Darnell Washington. You already brought him up. Keanu Benton. Out of those players that are expected to step in and be have, have a role, we'll put it that way. How many of those, which, which player do you think would be the most likely to live up to that hype in year one as a rookie? Hmm. I think Darnell Washington is a guy that will have uh, a big impact on, on the team in his rookie year. Again, I, like, I don't know how much you're going to throw him the ball, but just in terms of blocking and mismatch, like that's like, yeah, there's just no way to cover that guy without focusing on covering that guy. Like you, you can do it, um, but it's like, oh, how are we going to handle him? All right, we're going to have to jam him at the line and then put somebody over the top. Well, guess what? That's one extra guy that's not paying attention to George Pickens or Deontay Johnson. Um, in the in the run blocking, ooh, man, he is a scary <laughs> human being. Like, is just is is honestly the most disrespectful blocker as a tight end that I can remember. And that like he blocks guys without even really putting his full like. He's going to the next level all the time and he's blocking guys like without even stopping or slowing down to do it. Just like, no, get out of here. I'm going to get that guy, but like, just you, you also stay away. And uh, I think in space, man, one of the things that we have not seen from Najee Harris to this point in his career has really been the consistent ability to kind of break runs into the open field. Right. I mean, I think he's been, pretty solid especially the second half of last season that kind of taking what was there and what was blocked for him but i think the big reason that you see Najee harris's yards per carry down in like the 40s of nfl running backs you know run ranked is that there's going to be plays where the defense blows it up and you're going to lose yards there are plays where you you know typical running plays where you gain like two to five yards he has not had those like 15 yard runs to offset the negative in his average, right? Where he's, you know, he's, so he's still like 3.8 yards per carry or whatever. I think a guy like Darnell Washington, where he can get into space and clean up some linebackers and some safeties uh, will make a, a big difference for Najee Harris in that area. And so I think that he, he's probably the guy that I think will meet and exceed expectations the most. I think Broderick Jones has some work to do in terms of, uh, being a starting left tackle, it would not surprise me if it is not day one. I don't think that's a problem either. You're drafting him to be a 10-year guy uh, on the offensive line. There's not really a rush. Dan Moore is not what I would call a good left tackle, but he is certainly playable and has had good success against Miles Garrett, who's coming in week two, for example. Um, and so I don't think there's a rush there. Joey Porter Jr. I'm very interested in because I think there are some things he can do very well and maybe some other things where he's got a pretty steep learning curve. Uh, so it will just be about how often his abilities line up with what the defense is trying to do. Like, I think if you want to put him in cover three right now, he could do that really well. And he could be a really good cover three corner where he's big, like he's hard to run through. He turns his hips pretty well for a guy his size. Like, I think all that, seems like it could track however if they go into a game where they're going to play like a ton of man coverage i'm not sure how much he'd be able to to participate right away now obviously you know things go on in their rookie year um kind of benton it's just a matter of like 
the Steelers just don't use nose tackle enough for me to really think that that guy's ever going to have like a huge impact until they add some positions to his, uh, to, to his, his card there. Um, so yeah, Corey Trice is a guy who's going to play too, like seventh rounder this time of year. Normally I'd be like, well, we'll see if he makes the team. Uh, I expect him to have a helmet on game days. Like he's wow. going to play. Uh, nice. and, and so he's, there's been times when those two were sort of indistinguishable. Uh, like you're like, Oh, which big corner was that with dreads? Oh, <laughs> that was 27. Okay. Uh, that's a really good sign for Corey Trice though, that we're like, you know, you can't tell the difference between him and the, and the, the guy who was basically a first round pick. Yeah. But that's good. It's a good, it's a good recap for like the, the people with, in terms of expectations, especially with Broderick Jones. I've kind of heard a lot of that, that, you know, it's not a guarantee he's going to start right away. And some people say, well, the Steelers traded up to get him. He's got to be the day one starter. Not necessarily. If he's not ready, you don't want to throw out a left tackle <laughs> against Nick Bosa and or Miles Garrett to start off the season. It's not good for Kenny Pickett's health. We'll put it that way. Uh, ultimately though, not just rookie class. Is there any player throughout OTAs phase three or mandatory minicamp that really jumped out that you're like, man, no one's talking about this guy, but man, he's making plays and someone, I mean, people might not even think this guy's going to make the team. Is there anyone like that that fits that criteria? I'm not sure about people that don't think they're going to make the team, but I'll list two people that I think people have maybe undersold a little bit. Um, It works. I always think that this time of year, everybody wants like young and new. That is like what everybody's always focused on. But like Patrick Peterson and Marcus Golden are really, really good football players. Uh, Mm -hmm. Patrick Peterson probably should have made the pro bowl last year. Like he, he had an awesome year. Uh, He like, he's the best corner on the team and it's not close. Like he he's, he's really good. Uh, (laughs) There's no, like, I know he's He's all really good. I know that like, (laughs) Maybe you haven't been following his career because he's been playing the NFC. And like, he's really, really, really good. Um, He can do a lot of different things. I think people have way underestimated his impact on this defense. And Marcus Golden, man, like, he's not big, um, but he looks great. And and just a guy that I think will, uh, in a lot of ways, really uh, solidify that that edge rusher group. He, he, he can give the quarterback uh, th- like th- that's I know the sack totals were not there statistically last year, but man, like he, he can pass rush. I'll I'm, I'm not sure how well he's going to hold up at the point of the attack in the running game. He isn't that big, but he, he can get the quarterback. I, I think people have kind of said, oh, yeah, they got this guy, whatever. He's going to be the backup. Uh, he's going to be an impactful player. Um, try to think of an of an offensive guy just to. uh well, the offensive guys are all pretty well yeah. accurately hyped, <laughs> uh, probably. Um, you know, I, I do think that a guy that um, – another guy like maybe people aren't sure, like Anthony McFarland, I think, is a guy that has looked as good as he has at any point in, that he's been in, on the team and really, I think, has kind of grabbed hold of that third running back job and – I mean, it's a long way to go still, but I think he's a guy that, that they would like to have a role. Like I, I, I think they like it. The fact that his skill set is so different than Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And they want it to be a guy like that. And, you know, last year when it was Benny Snell, they didn't use their third running back hardly at all. Uh, I think this year that will be different if, uh, if it's Anthony McFarland because of that breakaway speed that he has and, I just think he's a guy that's uh, put in a lot of work in terms of his 
mental processing of the game and and getting to be a smarter player uh, to go along with that speed. I think he was a, one of those guys that where in college he just ran away from everybody, yeah. and you, you know it doesn't require knowledge of the game to do that. And I think he's uh, learned that he's going to need it here, and he's finally got it. He's a guy that I think maybe some people are writing off that will not only will probably make the team, but will will probably have a role in the offense this year as well. All right, last question for you before I let you go. So last season, we know how it finished, 9-8, and eight, just missed out on the playoffs. Man, has there been an overhaul on the roster, though. When you talk about the free agents brought in, Omar Khan, Andy Wheel, the front office, have been doing a ton of work. When, during, during the offseason workouts, when you, were in the, when you were in the locker room around the players, if you, has it felt different? I, I've, I've always been a guy, whether it was when I was coaching myself, that every team was unique but there always was a vibe around a team. And I know that term gets thrown around a lot, but you can kind of feel like, man, this feels different. Is there any different feeling about this 2023 Steelers team compared to last year? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more confident. I think you have a lot more guys in places that really feel like they know what they're doing, you know, comparing, especially on offense. I think there's, there's definitely a different level of confidence to coming into the year knowing that Kenny Pickett is going to be the quarterback and the leader of the offense and the tone setter for the offense from day one. And Kenny is a great leader. I mean, I think that's one of the things where coming out of pit, I was the most sure about his ability to be that guy who puts in the work, to, you know, and 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 will bring guys together. And and so I think that's that's clear uh, from an offensive standpoint. And, you know, I think the defense sort of had that already. Like, this was already a very confident defense. Um, I, I haven't really noticed as much of a change on the defense, but I think they have they have even more guys that have been there and done that. Like, if you think about, like, kind of the replacements, right, it's like, well, you know, okay, don't have Devin Bush anymore, now you have Cole Holcomb. You don't have uh, Akella Witherspoon anymore, now you have Patrick Peterson. Um, you know, those aren't like you don't have uh, who's the third outside linebacker Malik Reed. And now yeah. you have Marcus Golden. Like those aren't necessarily like huge differences in terms of like playing ability, but they're really big differences. And oh, Roberts Spillane to a Landon Roberts. Like those are big differences in terms of guys that have been there, done that, won Super Bowls, been to the Pro Bowl. Like it's a very very confident unit, and I think that's, um, I think that's the thing is that like that they think they're pretty they think they're pretty good. And, and I don't think that anybody, I think last year, this time it was like, a, well, we'll see, you know, uh, yeah. now I think there's a, a market confidence in this team that I, I didn't notice a year ago. It's fantastic stuff. I, it really is. I thank you for taking the time, Alan. Why don't you go ahead and plug your social media as well as all the work that you're doing uh, for Pittsburgh sports now, et cetera. Go ahead and do that now. Yeah. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter at PGH Steelers. Now is where the site stuff is and Steelers all the stuff for me, Nick Faribault, the whole team there. Uh, yeah. We're still cranking it out for these uh, next couple weeks until training camp starts on July 26th. And then I don't see my family anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's how it goes. So we are, uh, we're excited. And uh, I think, We've really seen this year uh, tremendous growth in our traffic, and so we really appreciate everybody that reads. I'm sure that some of your regular listeners are our regular readers too because sure. uh, Steelers fans, they want to get it all from everywhere. And so uh, thankful for the uh, part of your ride-or-die crew that, that comes over and, and visits us from time to time, and hopefully we can get some more of them. 
Hey, now thanks as always, Alan. I'm looking forward to your coverage this season. And uh, until next time, take it easy. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. And a big thank you to Alan taking the time. Very gracious of his time to be able to spend that much time talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers, giving his insight from minicamp, from OTAs. Thought he was great and honest when it came to Kenny Pickett and some of his second-year teammates as well as the offense and Matt Canada. Really great stuff. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did talking with him during this show. Uh, make sure you listen to his – give him you know, a follow on social media – Check out his work. They're doing great work over there at PittsburghSteelersNow.com. So make sure you check that out. In the meantime, folks, I want to remind you on Tuesday, be on the lookout for that tweet for the mailbag. You know how it works. I put out the tweet. You got to find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You find me on Twitter. I ask the question. You answer it. I answer that question. I'm sorry. I put out the tweet. Jeez, I'm all off. I'm all out of sorts. I put out the tweet. You ask the questions, and I answer it. That's how it works on the mailbag segment every Wednesday. But in the meantime, folks, that does it for me. Hope you have a great start to your week. You know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers.